welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host. Thanks for joining us on one of the 44 radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we have a hot topic for you, social media for business. We'll cover some key aspects of a successful social media campaign. We'll also get into some advanced strategies to utilize these powerful tools for your business. Please welcome our first guest. It's Sarah Malcolm. Sarah is Director Digital Digital Media with ICSC, the International Council of Shopping Centers. Sarah, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate it. It was good to see you guys at uh, the Recon Convention in Vegas. Boy, it was a a big success and uh, uh, people were very excited about retail and retail real estate, weren't they? Yeah, it was one of the best years I've, I've seen in a long time and it was on fire. The feedback we received was just deals, 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 lots of meetings, and lots of excitement. So, love the energy. Yeah. And, and as director of, of media there for uh, ICSC, you know, ICSC is a big worldwide organization. Uh, you're seeing what's great for retailers and retail real estate related to social media. But just how important is social media for these, these retailers and retail real estate owners in today's environment? Well, I think you don't really have a choice anymore. So I think uh, five years ago, people were like, you know, should I be on it? The social media thing, what is it? It's just, um, again, not a choice. So it's obviously super important. However, it's not uh, not the entire puzzle. It's just a piece of the puzzle. So, um, you know, my, uh, I'm I'm a new mom. I don't know. I don't remember I was pregnant last year at Recon. (laughs) Yeah, and... um, he is nine months, and since early, early, early on, he's been reaching for my iPhone, trying to, you know, touch my my laptop and just get his hands on it. So um, they're just growing up with this technology in their hand. And um, I was FaceTiming him while I was at Recon, and he, again, he was eight months, and he was looking into the phone and babbling, and he completely understood how, how, the, how that worked. And if you think about it, over 50% of the world's population is under 30. So this is how they communicate. So um, it's funny, in Eric Qualman's uh, talk that he gave, uh, he said that 53% of millennials would rather lose their sense of smell than their technology. <laughs> so if that's any indication of how important it is, um, I mean, I think it says it all there. Uh, right. My son is 16 and my daughter's 18. So if I took their cell phones, uh, they would be very depressed. <laughs> I know. I can't remember the name of what that is when uh, when you lose the fear of losing your cell phone, but um, it's, a, it's a real thing. It's worse than the scare of spiders, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it's kind of nice when I uh, go off the grid for a little bit. But, That's true. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the social media platforms that, that you guys see are more powerful for retailers and uh, retail real estate owners today. So I think um, so. there's not an easy answer for that. It really depends on where your audience is, what your demographics are. So if you've got you know a younger audience, I think Snapchat is definitely an Instagram is something that you should be focused on. Um, Twitter is obviously very powerful and super easy to interact and engage with your audience. Um, Facebook obviously is still powerful. It's, um, you know, it's, everyone says it's, you know, kind of going out the door, but their, um, their usage is still pretty high and, you know, they've got how many people on there now? (laughs) (laughs) Quite, quite a bit. So, um, you know, again, but I go back to, it really depends on 
who your audience is. Are they, you know, a bun- bunch of Justin Bieber followers, or are they a little bit more sophisticated and business savvy, or, you know? So I think the key is understanding who your audience is before you make that decision. Right. Periscope also is a new one, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. Which one? Periscope. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Periscope. I mean, that's a very interesting uh uh, platform right where you can uh, video yourself or others and uh, people can comment uh, how is Periscope working in retail well I think I, I mean it's just a few months old so I think people are still figuring it out uh, we used it at recon a lot and um, it was a great way to kind of show behind the scenes of uh, what happened at our event as well as in, do live interviews on the show floor um, so I think uh, it's a great it's it's you know, it's definitely where the cool kids are at right now. So um, it's not widely used yet, but I think it has the potential to. But um, yesterday, Oprah was periscoping. Uh, last night, Kevin Hart was from his house when he was filming. Um, he's filming in Boston, and it's just—it's just a a really cool uh, way to kind of see, see see kind of the perspective that you never get to see. So I think retailers have to figure out how that works within their environment and how their customers want to engage. So I think by seeing kind of, kind of celebrities do set the trend of, of how to use certain platforms. And I think brands have to be like, okay, well, how does that translate to my product and what we do and how would they be interested to kind of see, see that? So, um, so I think there's more to come on Periscope. Yeah, Periscope's real interesting. It seems like you can get involved in it and waste a lot of time, but, but I guess if, if you're a brand, uh, it can be very powerful for your spokesman or your folks to for to interact with the public. I was watching uh, Jim Gaffigan, uh, the comedian who was uh, periscoping, and it was real interesting to hear him interact with with fans. And you're able to ask him questions and really feel a part of his of his fan club there. And I uh, also saw a book writer who was uh, writing a book, and he was getting ideas from people on Periscope uh, of some ideas for his book. So you know, and he's also picking up fans along the way, right? Yeah, no, definitely. We were um, filming in um, in uh, New Jersey at a mall, and we were filming robots and how they kind of assist with the shopping. Uh, and um, it was we were periscoping, and we were just like, let's just periscope and see, you know, how many viewers we get. We got we got almost eight hundred viewers on that, and um, and we didn't tell anybody. It was just kind of a live thing. We decided just to hit record and just go with it. So. Mm-hmm. The potential is huge just to be able to, like you said, to be able to just interact with your audience. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Well, tell us about Beacon Technology uh, and how Beacon Technology is impacting kind of social media and the retail experience. So Facebook just announced, well, not just announced, but uh, recently, that they are actually going to provide retailers with iBeacons. And um, they believe that uh, I, that with the use of iBeacons, it will help influence, I believe it was $4.1 billion and in 2015 and in 2016, um, 10 times that. So I think uh, uh, Beacon itself is super new, and it's just coming out of its kind of beta mode, and um, which we, we actually use Beacon at, at, uh, at Recon as well. And... I was shocked about the engagement that we got. Uh, out of those who had uh, downloaded the most recent version of the ICC app and had their Bluetooth on, we had a 45% engagement. That's insane compared to any other, like emails, Facebook, 
uh, ads, anything, anything like that. And um, I was just four. I was so, so, so excited. Right. So um, I think the key to being successful with Beacon is having an app that's available that people actually want to download, right? Mm-hmm. Um, making sure their Bluetooth is turned on so it's educating the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get a person to do all of that, it has to be worth it. Mm-hmm. So you can't say, you know, it can't just be a sales tool. Um, it really has to be some sort of benefit to the um, consumer. And Sarah, for the listener who may not be familiar with, with beacons and how they're used in retail, tell us to the basics of how the system works. Okay, so basically it's a low-cost device that allows, uh, you, allows uh, a message to communicate with smartphone apps indoors. Um, and so, so if, for example, so if you are, you know, you put a beacon on a, a shoe table, right? Um, and you happen to be walking, you have the app and you have your Bluetooth turned on, you happen to be walking by that, that shoe table, it can shoot you a message saying, you know, hey, Kim Kardashian wore these last week, or these shoes are made in Italy. Any type of information that would be interesting to, um, to their audience. So the potential is huge because it turns physical merchandise into, um, into a way that where it can now talk to you. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. And like you talked about, you know, the the consumers are a younger group uh, than most people think. And and that's the way they're, like you said earlier, that's the way they're used to interacting. And Uh that will be interesting when you go by an area of a store and they tell you, hey, we have your favorite you have your favorite clothes, or we have your favorite brand. We've got some new things that, that just right. hit the shelf, right? And also, I think Beacon also can assist with the associates because mm-hmm. if you think of retail, you know the associates that make what ten dollars an hour mm-hmm. turnover is probably pretty high, right? Mm-hmm. So if you've you know got the technology in hand, and as they're walking by the merchandise and you're feeding them information per Beacon, that gives the associate the uh, information they need to be like a power. Uh, salesperson. Right, that's a good point. Well, stay yeah. tuned. We're going to have some more on social media strategies, including some tips and mistakes to avoid. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Hey, we have some great shows coming up for you. Be sure not to miss shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at CREshow.com. Our topic today is social media for your business. We're talking with Sarah Malcolm, Director of Digital Media with ICSC. And Sarah, some business leaders are a little concerned about the, the risk of their folks and their employees using social media. You know, once it's said out there on Twitter or whatever, it's there, right? What are some strategies that you see some companies utilizing to mitigate this risk? Well, I think the one thing you want to make sure is that you're um, not so scared where you're not having your employees talk about your brand. So um, I think that's number one. Is you you. you and it, you know get what? Over are, it, huh? get yeah, over it. like get over it. Like, and people are going to make mistakes, yeah. and I think that's where training comes in. Yeah. And you know, having a strong social leader um, within your environment that can help guide employees what to do and what not to do. And I think um, you know, also you know, some companies will have have 
their employees put a little blurb, you know, if they're going to talk about work or talk about what they do, saying that, you know, their thoughts and opinions are not, you know, the company's opinions. So that's another thing you can do as well. So that way the company is totally in the clear. However, I don't think, um, I think everyone does have to, they do have to be mindful on what they are talking about on social. I kind of use this, uh, this example all the time is if you're at a party and you're, you know, socializing and you're, you're meeting new people and people who don't know you are, you know, approaching you and, I mean, you're going to stay away from politics and religion, right? <laughs> right. I mean, you're definitely sure. not going to, you know, start talking about your, your opinions there. Or And then, you know, also, if when you're at the party, if there's someone that's too drunk, that's annoying, right? And they're right. just too in your face. Um, if there's someone who uh, won't stop talking about themselves, <laughs> right. that also gets annoying. And you're like, geez, like, where's the nearest exit? <laughs> so I think if you use those strategies on social, uh, you can't lose. Yeah, those are great tips. Yeah. Uh, a couple of retailers, uh, Kenneth, I don't know if you remember, Kenneth Cole, they um, they tweeted out during um, the riots in Egypt and implied that the riot, the, the reason why the riots were happening because they were so excited about a new line that was coming out for Kenneth Cole. And um, that obviously didn't do so well. So um, I think anytime you're tying uh, your brand to a, 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 you know, a disaster or a tragedy or, you know, some something something negative that's going on in the world, that's obviously a... Uh, a no-no and um the gap also during sandy they tweeted basically to stay safe safe uh you know after the storm which was really nice however they said in the same sentence but you can still shop on gap.com <laughs> so um i think it's important it's it's okay for employees as well as brands to talk about tra- tragedies and say you know i hope everyone's safe and but just leave it at that don't tie it back to your brand or um you know be the hero in that situation right you have to be careful you know what you say there so there's some mistake to make and sometimes like you mentioned uh, if you're blabbing about yourself or your brand all the time uh, people are going to turn you off right you got to provide something some information that's interesting to people right a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent so um there's a quote and i'm not sure if i'm going to get this right but it's climb the mountains you can see the world not so the world can see you And I think that's important in social media to not worry about always trying to, you know, be the cool kids or jump on, you know, if everyone's talking about Hurricane Sandy, your brand doesn't necessarily have to get on that, you know, in that conversation. It might not be appropriate. So um, I think sometimes you just want to sit back, you know, climb that mountain and kind of look and see what is everybody saying about you? You know, what what's going on? Don't worry about just jumping in right away to 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 try to grab that engagement because it may not work out. Right. And one of my favorite social media platforms is Twitter. What mm-hmm. are some tips, Sarah, that you would provide for a company, for businesses, you know, related to, to utilizing Twitter and getting some power out of that? Um, I think I think the big thing is, um, you know, a lot of, it's funny, uh, I, I spoke with a startup not too long ago and they said to me, they said, Sarah, we want to get a million followers in a month. <laughs> and I said, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not real followers, you know, right. which is obviously what you want. And they're like, nope, we want it. We want a million followers. And I said, that's just not going to happen. I mean, the only way you're going to get a million followers in four hours is if you're Caitlyn Jenner, right? <laughs> and, um, y- you know, and it's funny. I Googled, I actually Googled just for the fun of it, how to get a million followers. 
And it gave me a bunch of answers that were just crazy. It was unrealistic. So then I, I Googled how to get a million dollars. And the first, uh, the first response was stop obsessing about money. <laughs> and, and so that's the advice I give. Stop obsessing about followers. Right, because right? it's not the number of followers, right? It's the quality of the followers. And correct. are they really watching what you're doing? Correct, right? correct. And that's that's why I think it's 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 interesting to um, to understand who your audience is. I think that's huge on on Twitter. That's really really important. I can't mm-hmm. say that enough because I feel like people really do miss that, you know. And I um, there was a company that was um, their audience was not like cool and hip, and and they were tweeting about Biggie Smalls, and I was just like, that just does not make any sense with your audience. So. Um, Again, know your audience. I think uh, partnering with influencers is huge. Uh, you know, we did that at Recon, and it really, really paid off. Uh, so, you know, if you're trying to get that reach, trying to get your brand out there, trying to get people to know who you are, uh, partnering with influencers is key. I think uh, turning your uh, audience into your marketing team. So any way that you can get them to get on board and tweet about you and what you guys are doing or share or whatever it is, I think that's huge huge, huge, huge win on Twitter is um, when you've got all your followers basically being your marketing team. Yeah, and that's great. And, and, and once you know your audience, you know, you know what to share with them and uh, what's going to yeah. be interesting to them. Well, let's talk about measuring the success of a social media platform because it sometimes doesn't, uh, there's not a direct correlation uh, to sales. So what are some tips there? Well, I think the imp- first before... Um, you get on to technology mm-hmm. or onto a, a platform is understanding where your audience is, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, once you know that, um, I think having a clear uh, goal and objective is important. So what are you trying to accomplish on there? Mm-hmm. So are you trying to redirect all these people to your website? Are you trying to um, just engage with people and have just a genuine conversation and build your brand relationship that way? Uh, what is your goal? Um, is your goal to get a million followers? <laughs> so um, I think I think it just depends what your goals are, and then achieving those. Right, because it might not just be a direct correlation to sales. Right, you might want to look at what kind of traffic you're you're getting on your blog, or maybe what kind of right. click throughs you're you're getting to your to your site. Right. Exactly. Well, exactly. And and studies have have shown that people want to want to they trust people. Mm-hmm. Right. So if if someone's saying, you know, oh, I just bought this dress online, I love it, or check out this, whatever it is, they're more than likely to uh, click on that and possibly purchase it. Then if a brand's like, hey, check out this dress, it's awesome. So they trust their peers, and um, and and that's and that's why that's why social is perfect for this type of uh, sales and marketing. Right. If people are talking about it in social media, they're yep. they're advertising it for you. Your own customers are out there uh, sharing the good word, right? Which is exactly what you want. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, Sarah, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate uh, you being on the show. Yeah, happy to be here and um, you do such a great job. Well, thank you. We'll see you at the uh, next ICSC event. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. We'll have more social media strategies for your business. We'll be right back. Thank you.
The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit Realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Our topic today is social media for business. Please welcome my next guest. It's Ken Ashley. Ken is with Cushman Wakefield. He's executive director there. His practice focuses on representing office tenants. And Ken Ashley has been a real leader in social media in the commercial real estate industry. Ken, thanks for joining us here today in Thank Studio you, One. Good to be here. Well, we Good. appreciate uh, having you on. And and Ken, my first question for you is 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 why has commercial real estate been so slow to adopt to to social media in general it seems like residential real estate was on the bandwagon a long time ago uh, a lot of businesses have why has uh, commercial real estate been a lagger in the industry well it's a fair question i think there there are a couple of uh, reasons first of all if you think about the way we learn in in the commercial business it's an apprentice model you bring people into your shop you train them you teach them uh, how they should be now in your shop i'm sure they're all on social media but in many shops uh, people who are, you know, I'm 48 years old and I tweet, but not a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is uh, something that people learn uh, in that apprentice model. And so it's going to take a while. The second mm-hmm. is, if you think about the market today, uh, people are as busy as they've ever been. They're making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So if it's working and it ain't broke, why would you need to do anything else? So uh, that has caused a slowness to adopt this. But uh, what will change is that there is a transition, of course, to the much talked about millennial uh, workplace and their decision making is different. And maybe we can talk more about uh, how people select people in our business uh, going forward, uh, but that's changing as well. Right. And in commercial real estate, uh, our industry has tended to want to hoard the information, right? It's it's our information. We're not sharing it. Right. Well, uh, you know, Laszlo Bach, who is the head of people resources for Google, uh, wrote a fascinating book, which is a New York Times bestseller called uh, Work Rules. And in his, uh, it's, a, it's a great read, and in his book he talks about the concept of defaulting to open. And I think the, uh, the analogy for that in uh, commercial real estate is, you know, we, we used to think our templates were private, we used to think our data was private, and then CoStar came along. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, today it's all like one bicycle, and it, and it doesn't matter that you have a bike, it's how you ride it. So in other words, it's how you use that information in your particular situation. So I think default to open is um, is the paradigm going forward. Right, open to, to sharing what you're doing and the information so that, that you attract followers so people understand who you are. So when you reach out to them, they go, oh yeah, I know Ken Ashley, right? Right. True, and people are very sophisticated. They can tell the difference between uh, advertising and between someone who is trying to give through content marketing. And I prefer to think of this whole topic not so much as social media, but as content, uh, really content giving, content sharing. Um, and the social media is the tool. If you're, if you're thinking of building a house and you've got this tool chest, uh, you shouldn't be worried about the saw or the tape measure or the hammer. You should be worried about the plans and what you're going to build with it. And people tend to get confused. They're focused on social media, these tools, this tool chest. How do I use Twitter? How do I use LinkedIn? We'll get there. 
but focus, focus first on what you're trying to build. Right. What's the plan? Uh, what do you want to do with your social media platform, right? Right. And let's talk about return on investment of some of the social media platforms. So in the commercial real estate industry, which platforms do you think, well, will give you the most return? Yeah. Well, you got to make a commitment to uh, put your toe in the water on any platform first. Mm-hmm. Um, Traditionally and conventionally, uh, LinkedIn has been the place where most executives uh, spend time hanging out. Mm-hmm. But Twitter is rapidly evolving as a source for news um, and uh, a source where many of the millennial people seem to want to spend their time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would probably start with making sure your LinkedIn profile is up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, the basic is just Google yourself mm-hmm. and see what is said about yourself online. Right. See what your Google juice is, right? Right. <laughs> right. right. And it's interesting you mentioned Twitter because I was looking for some news on a, on a uh, certain topic a few weeks ago. I was Googling it, couldn't find it. Went to Twitter, found it immediately. Right. Uh, so things can get out there very quickly in Twitter, can't they? And then, then like, I follow you, and I follow a lot of the uh, commercial real estate leaders and writers, and I learn a lot. So you know, I can be sitting there and, and enjoying a, uh, a adult beverage on my dock and follow you guys, and all of a sudden I'm reading something from the New York Times or right. from the Atlanta Business Chronicle or something that's really adding value and knowledge to me because you guys are sharing it. Well, that's that's an excellent point, and one of the one of my favorite parts about this this whole particular space is that it uh, makes us think critically about our industry. So, if someone asks you at a cocktail party, "How's the market?" you've actually thought about it instead of just making it up because you've probably written a blog or or, or, or thought about it from that perspective. And that's what I find to be true: is if you spend time um, studying the questions in advance and thinking about them, and you're you're promoting that content, then when in real life someone asks you a question ready to respond right that's a good point and one of the challenges I hear from people about social media is the time involved you know yeah. there is a time commitment there so we're going to take a short break we'll get back we're going to talk with Ken some more about some time management strategies to use social media for your benefit I'm Michael Bull this is the commercial real estate show we'll be right back Excelligen, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us on one of the 40 radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, or the show website, seriesshow.com. Today we're talking about social media for business. My guest is Ken Ashley with Cushman Wakefield, and Ken's been a big leader in social media uh, in the commercial real estate world. And, And Ken, one of the challenges that I hear from a lot of people about social media is the time commitment, right? There, there is a big time commitment. Sometimes it's not the, the money commitment, it's the time commitment in social media. What are some tips you would provide for folks related to that? Well, that's, that's a big objection of people participating in this uh, sport, if you will. Uh, I guess the first thing is the, the discipline of the frequency of participating in social media is far more important than spending massive amounts of time. Uh, the second thing is I, I don't um, tend to watch that much TV, uh, and I consume a lot of my uh, regular media um, through social media. So I'm spending time there anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and I enjoy it. I really do. I enjoy um, hearing what my friends are doing. I enjoy the whole space. 
but some strategies uh, to be effective. There, there are plenty of uh, tools such as a TweetDeck or a HootSuite where you can pre-schedule the messages that you're going to send. And uh, you know, I tend to uh, send between three and five messages in social media every day. It's not that much. I mean, there are people who tweet hundreds and hundreds of times a day. That may work for them, but for me, that's spam. And for, for folks that I talk to, and a lot of times, Michael, I'll uh, uh, you know be on the weekend uh, tooling around, and I'll clip articles and save them, and then pre-schedule them throughout the week. Uh, also, I find that I spend uh, it's sort of a barbell approach. I spend time in the morning and sometimes in the evenings. During the day, I'm taking care of clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good tips, and yeah, I do the same thing. I mean, if you're you're reading information that's interesting to you, you're probably reading it online today anyway. So if you think that's interesting to your connections in social media, it's easy to hit a button and share it, right? And and maybe you're doing the same thing at lunch. Maybe you're doing the same thing in the evening. Um, and uh, so that's an easy way. And these tools of uh, Hootsuite and these kind of tools, ba- the basic tools are free. Right, all free, <laughs> yeah, so, all free, unbelievable. Yeah, so there's not a lot of cost to it, uh, and I like your point there that is consistency is more important than mass, right? Uh, right. And it's interesting if you if you change the consistency. So like, I tweet probably the same amount a day, maybe three to five during the course of a day. Well, I was at an event one day, and there was a lot of information. Well, I started tweeting a lot about that event. I noticed a lot of people unfollowing me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, you're, you're spamming me here. Yeah. You know? I don't care about that particular event and what you guys are talking about. So I guess if you if you change your uh, the velocity of your tweets that and, and your, whatever you're doing on social media, that can be important. It can be. You know, back in elementary school, nobody liked the kid that jumped up and, uh, and, and was the first to raise his hand. But everybody likes the thoughtful kid and the mm-hmm. kid who contributes when it's appropriate. And mm-hmm. uh, people who are following are leading very busy lives. So the idea is to enhance and provide experience, uh, not to spam them. Yeah. Tell us about a successful social media campaign. What does that entail? Well, I, I um, you know, it's, it's a good question. I, I wouldn't think of my social media as campaigns because uh, that, that was more of a kind of a marketing um, marketing push. But the, the way I approach social media is I first uh, envision whom I'm talking to. Now, I think that I'm talking to CFOs of mid-cap companies between $200 million and $2 billion in sales and mm-hmm. annual revenues. I realize that uh, there may be only a few of those, but that's whom I'm talking to. So I've phrased my message. And then the second thing is that I have what I call my four corners. And within the four corners, I'm happy to talk about it. Outside of the four corners, I typically don't. Here they are. Uh, anything having to do with macro commercial real estate on a, corp- on, a, uh, on a U.S. level. Nobody cares that you have a sublease in Philadelphia. Congratulations. But, you know, <laughs> CMBS trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second would be anything having to do with technology. You know, Apple had some big announcements recently. Uh, everybody's interested or many people are interested in, in how to improve their lives mm-hmm. through technology. The third is called uh, management science, and for me that's Harvard Business Review or CFO.com, how to lead your team, how to be a better public speaker, et cetera, and then finally anything positive. So what's not inside those four corners is anything political, anything religious, and actually sports, although occasionally, you know, talk about the Masters or Georgia, the, the Georgia Bulldogs, because everybody should love the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, but that is... That's how I would define my campaign, which is on an ongoing basis. Well, I like that. So you understand who you want your audience to be, 
And so the things you were sharing hopefully will attract that audience. And, you know, they're interested in, in running their business as well. So if you're just tweeting all about commercial real estate all the time, they're going to turn you off because they're not always wanting to hear about commercial That's real right. estate. They want to hear about this other things you're talking about, right? We are not one-dimensional. Any of us are not one-dimensional people. Right. We have other interests uh, than just our professions. Right. And then some people in, in your business, you may have a very local audience, right? You, you may, your customers may be very local in nature. So you want to keep your, your comments and your shares really locally based, right? That's actually, uh, that's a good point. And their mm-hmm. friends who write city blogs and who, you know, if I want to know something about city XYZ, I know that that individual has everything that's going on. They're the expert in that mm-hmm. particular area. Mm-hmm. There's no 100% right way to do this. My way isn't the right way. It's just my way. Yeah. Well, you've certainly done a good job, and you've been a leader in the field. And, you know, what are some other uh, tips for practitioners, uh, maybe their own commercial real estate, maybe they're a developer, you know, maybe uh, they're in commercial real estate brokerage. What are some other tips for their use of social media to to get more business out of it? Okay. Well, uh, we've talked a lot about talking in social media, but also listening in social media is critical. Mm-hmm. So if you take that tool we talked about earlier called TweetDeck or Hootsuite, and if you establish, let's say uh, that you're a medical office broker, mm-hmm. just, just making that up, if you would follow those who are in that field, those who are practitioners and leaders in that particular field and what they have to say, that can be a valuable source of information. And also, occasionally, people say in social media what their plans are before they announce them. Absolutely. Listening's always a good tool to have in the tool chest, right? Ken, yes, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Mike. And uh, we're going to have more on social media strategies, including some corporate strategies to mitigate risk. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. Our topic today is social media for business. Please welcome my next guest. It's Barbara Ruder. She's director for Crew Network. She's also principal and COO with Cushman Wakeford Picor based in Tucson, Arizona. Barbie, thanks for joining us today. Great to be here, Michael. Thank you. Well, thank you. And we've we've heard some great things about social media for business. And we also hear there's some great tools to become more efficient. What are some of your favorite tools? I mean, you've been a, a real leader. You do a great job in social media. Oh, thank you. You know, it, it, some people are daunted by the time commitment for social media, but it's as much or as little as you want to make it. And there are really a tremendous number of, of apps and tools to help save time and allow you to be more engaged with your audience, which I think is really key. Um, I have a couple of favorites. The native apps have gotten better. Um, Twitter, for instance, you can do scheduling within the Twitter application. But my favorite is Buffer, the Buffer app. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. It's really great because there's a free version that's very comprehensive, and you can manage multiple social media platforms through Buffer app. There's a an application for your mobile as well as your desktop. It will let you schedule your posts so that if you have a period of time in the day that you like to do your scheduling, you can be reading your articles and then schedule out some content. 
um, I find it very useful, especially when you have multiple accounts that you're overseeing. Right. That's a great tip. And you mentioned the, the native app. So if, if you guys don't have it out there and ladies uh, listening to the show and watching the show, if you don't have the phone mobile apps for, for LinkedIn and, and Twitter and, and, the, and the like, get those. Some of those are, are very good. And so um, Buffer, so you're, so you're not uh, tweeting and posting all day. You're taking some time at certain times and, and, and scheduling it throughout the day, right? That's true. With Buffer, you can do that. And with other things like HootSuite, that's another popular one. And I've used HootSuite before. Um, another one that I like for my desktop is TweetDeck. And TweetDeck is owned by Twitter now, but you can also kind of manage a dashboard of multiple platforms like Facebook and LinkedIn through your TweetDeck um, dashboard. And in addition to that scheduling time, it lets you be more aware when someone is uh, retweeting you, mentioning you, asking you a question, reaching out for information so that you can be more responsive. And how important is that interaction, uh, Barbie, with uh, social media? It couldn't be more, more important. I think the whole idea of marketing in general has moved from this push marketing to pull marketing to what's probably more like this engaged and interactive, where there's an expectation, certainly in, in B2C, uh, that companies and individuals are going to be more responsive and immediately available. But it's not a one-way conversation. You're not spewing information out there for some perceived audience to absorb. You're really uh, targeting your, your market and your audience, and then you're having a conversation. Right. That's the beauty of social media. It's not the old TV ad days, right? Well, Righto. what is your favorite platform? I know you're active on a lot of social media. I am. I, I, I enjoy Twitter the most. Twitter is terrific for engagement. There are communities within Twitter, like the commercial real estate community, that's very supportive and easy to find. So that's probably my favorite. The other that's really key for business is LinkedIn. And LinkedIn's had a slow start, I think, in terms of user interface, but they've become much more user-friendly and more important so that if someone only has time to choose one platform, that is the one that I would recommend if you're in commercial real estate. Yeah, that's a great tip. Barbie, thanks for joining us on the show. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. And uh, be sure to join us next week. We're going to have associations that matter, too. We're going to talk to the national readers or, or leaders from NAR, N-A-R, NAOP, and S-I-O-R. So until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show.